Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. The scripture is, is really clear about what our priorities should be in this world. Um, and it is this, to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, trusting the goodness of our Father that everything else we would need would be provided for us, that we wouldn't have to spend our lives and, and exert our lives in weariness and toil seeking um, you know, other things. We seek one thing and all other things are provided for us. It is the kingdom that we should be thinking about first. In the days ahead at the church at Seven Run, I, I, you, you know, you've heard me say that we are not going to, to ever refer to this building as the church. But in the days ahead, I want us as a church to begin a new chapter in, in our lives together of seeking the kingdom of God, thinking the kingdom of God, and of understanding that, that we are called so far beyond religion, it is not even funny. We are called to be a people who are a kingdom people. Today I want you to, uh, to join with me in thinking new about church. In fact, in the days ahead, uh, one of the phrases that we're going to use to convey church, because church has so many cultural uh, attachments to it, you hear it on the news, and when some building burns down, they say a church burned down. Well, that's not possible unless there was hundreds of people inside. It's the body of Christ. And you and I are the body of Christ that God has sent into the world to reveal His kingdom. Jesus spent His whole life communicating this, even from the very beginning. I want you to stand with me, and we're going to uh, share together the Lord's Prayer, not as a ritual, and you're going to need to read it today because it's going to be slightly different than perhaps how you have said it before. But the most amazing word of this prayer is really the first. It's our. Because we have been invited into a new community, a new relationship that isn't religion, but it is a new work of God to bring us into His family. And Jesus, the Holy One, included us, the unholy, in the invitation to community. Our Father. Normally we say, our Father who is in, hev in heaven, you know, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done. But in Greek, the words are a little bit stronger than that. There is this one Greek tense that says, it's like a wish tense, like, uh, you know, may your will be done. No, no, this is a, an imperative. It is an absolute command, an absolute command. So I want us to, to say together this prayer, not as a, as a ritual, um, because this is, this is the heart of Jesus for us. We, we should not merely just pray these words, but pray the paths of these words. So let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, your name must be revealed through us as holy. Your kingdom must come through us 
And your will must be done through us on earth in the same way it is done in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from every wicked and broken thing. Amen. You may be seated. Today, we're continuing on in Matthew chapter 12, and there's two things that that I want you to to do today. I want you to reject being religious as a way of life, Um, just completely. And the second thing is, I want you to think kingdom, uh, first and last, and to, to allow God to do new work in your life as you conceive of life in a, in a completely new way. In Matthew 12, we're joining Jesus on the road, and, and we're, we're joining Jesus in two stories that, that tie together about legalism and the kingdom, about human arrogance and human need. So in Matthew 12, 1 through 14, uh, let me share the story with you. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. Now, again, I want you to picture this uh, because they're just getting a few little, uh, you know, pieces of grain off the stalk. Uh, it's kind of like the grazing. Anybody, I graze with pistachios. Anybody do that? All the pistachios fans? I mean, you're not going to make a meal of them. Well, maybe some of y'all do, but, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, just going to, you know, do, it's a lot of work, but, you know, and that's what these guys are doing. It's a lot of work to get a little bit of grain. They were just grazing. They were just getting some snackage here, walking through. And the Pharisees saw this, and they said to them, look, but really, if you could, if you could somehow write tone in here, it would be some sort of an accusatory, hey, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. They're throwing a, a foul flag here. And he answered, haven't you read when he and his companions, uh, when, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He's going back to the word of God, to Holy Scripture, which is a great way to start any God conversation. He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. And then Jesus said, and again, it wasn't an insult, but it was a question that had to have stung a little bit for people who spent their whole life reading Scripture. In verse 5, or haven't you read, Jesus is saying, are you not only ignorant in one place, are you ignorant in another? Haven't you read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple desecrate the day and yet are innocent? I tell you that one greater than the temple is here. The temple was the center of all religion. It was the center of all religious practice. All religious um, gathering was done there. Uh, This is where people wore great religious robes. This is where religious sacrifices were made in terms of animal sacrifices, grain offerings. Uh, Religious songs were sung. Religious words were spoken. Uh, Religious practices were, were, were lived. And Jesus said, One greater than all that you know religiously is standing here right in front of you. That I am summing up all of Israel's history because the Temple Mount was where the Holy of Holies dwelled. It was where between the wings of the cherubim for a short season before Israel's rebellion, God actually uh, dwelt on the 
the Ark of the Covenant between the wings of the cherubim. And Jesus says, one greater than all that is standing here in front of you. That must have been hard to hear. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. And a man with a shriveled hand was there. Somebody who was in need. Somebody whose life um, was full of, of challenge and heartache, a real human being. Um, this was a person that Jesus had compassion on. I got to say that when, when I gave my life to Jesus, something happened inside of me. And uh, it's not insta-perfect. It's, that's silly. But something, Jesus did something in my life and and he does something in the life of every believer that when you see other people who are hurting, you hurt for them. You care with them. Jesus cared about this man. He, he noticed him in a way that the, um, that the Pharisees didn't. So Jesus sees this man. He's kind of the centerpiece of the moment. Looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they ask him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? This is religion making up rules. Jesus said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a man, is a human being than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. You know, Jesus He's always asking people to do what they can't do because they can through him. There's some of you here in your own faith journey and there's stuff that you feel like you can't do, um, you know, and so you don't, but you know that God's asking you to do it, but you think it's impossible and you're stuck. Some of you here, you're, you've never given your life to Jesus and you have your reasons why I can't. My boyfriend, my girlfriend, my, it's not right, I'm not good enough yet. But, but in the same way, this man with a shriveled hand who'd never been able to stretch out his hand could stretch out his hand if he believed. Stretch out your hand. For anybody else in all of human history to have said that to him would have been a cruel joke. For the Messiah, <laughs> it was the kingdom come. And everybody saw it. He stretched out his hand and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the religious Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill him. Guys, today, just two simple things that are a part of all that God is going to do in the church at Seven Run until Jesus comes or we go to see him. It is, it is the whole life of Jesus lived. It's the story of Jesus' life. It's what Jesus wants us to hear, I believe, with all my heart. And I want to challenge you as individuals and us as a church community to reject being religious. No legalism, uh, no rule-based faith. Uh, this, is, this is not the path of God. Religion is not the path of God. It seems like it. 
It, it feels like it sometimes, and it even looks like it, but it is not the path of, of God. It's not the path Jesus revealed. We are supposed to seek not a religion, but a relationship that came in the kingdom of God that has come to earth. And we're supposed to, to, to reject being religious because Jesus didn't come to create a religion or a denomination. He came to offer the kingdom of heaven to those willing to, to give up the counterfeit kingdom of earth. This is the clash of kingdoms. It's the offer to exchange worlds. And you and I have to choose which, which world, which realm we're going to live in. We can live vested in this realm. I mean, you know, buying into its principles, living its way, or we can hear Jesus say, no, I'm asking you to make a world trade. And the world trade I'm asking you to make is to leave the kingdom of the earth and to make your whole life seeking the kingdom of God first, above everything, above everything. Mark 8.35 says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. You have to make a choice. You, you can't have the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven. You have to make a choice. Religion is hell's earthbound, rule-based, um, you know, appearance-focused substitute for the infinite mystery of the kingdom of God. And of all that God is. And when you and I choose to live in religion, then Jesus said this. He said in Matthew 15, 9, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. It's not real. It's not eternal. It will not last into the age to come. Guys, reject being religious. And, and instead... Think kingdom. From this day forward, as an individual, as a church, as a follower of Christ, put on a new filter to interpret life. You know, don't, don't any longer think about, about your own uh, efforts and, and, and your own appearance and your own ability to control. All of that is dead religion. Think kingdom. The kingdom that has come in a surprising way through a surprising person. Who would have ever thought that the kingdom of God would come through a baby in Bethlehem? And who would have ever thought that the kingdom would have looked like what it looked like as Jesus walked through this world and, and said what he said and did what he did? We, we would have never seen that coming. In fact, my whole life, if I'd have been a disciple at that time around Jesus, everything Jesus did, you know, I'd have said, I didn't see that one coming. Water into the wine, you know? I didn't see that one coming. Who knew he was going to do that? I mean, everything Jesus did. You're there with him at the temple, and people are making a mockery of the worship of God, of the experience of God's presence, buying and selling. The self-interest is reigned, and Jesus makes a whip. I didn't see that one coming at all. I mean, in, in everything, all our God thoughts should be about Jesus and God's kingdom, first and last. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And when you and I learn to think kingdom, it changes everything. And I'm telling you, Satan does not want you even using the phrase kingdom of heaven between your left ear and your right because you think about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and it changes everything. It changes your perspective. It changes your understanding, your filter. Uh, it changes your, your lens, which you're seeing life through. We have to think kingdom first and last and reject being religious. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom 
I mean, it's not an afterthought. And here's what we religious people do. We hear words like this, and then we don't do them. And when you hear the words of Jesus or the words of the Bible, or when years ago you remember them, but you don't do them, that's being religious. You know, so, so when we seek first the kingdom, that verse means absolutely nothing until we're seeking first the kingdom in practical ways, in our marriage, in, in our parenting, in our, in our work. I mean, when you go to work, you're not seeking a paycheck, you're seeking the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom uh, and, and God's righteousness and, and, and everything else will be given to you. Jesus is saying, I've freed you, I've looked after your interests, you no longer have to look after them for yourself. I have freed you. You seek my kingdom and everything that you need for life, I will provide. It's a bold claim. But it is the claim of Messiah who brought a kingdom that he's asking us to leave a kingdom for. This is the real work of Jesus. That the kingdom of the world should become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, that he might reign forever and ever. Revelation eleven fifteen, 15, uh, you know, just tells this reality. One day this is spoken in a, in a past tense way that this has happened. But right now we're in the process. That the kingdom of the world, all that is broken, all that is unredeemed, all that is lost, all that is, that is falling down and does not know Jesus, that this world should become the kingdom of our Lord, that the kingdom of God should expand and increase, and that the kingdom of darkness be pushed back, and the kingdom of light illuminate this entire world, that he might reign forever and ever, not merely when we die, but here and now. Thy will be done in heaven and on earth in the same exact way. Imagine that. Imagine. Religion is a counterfeit presence, little, little P for presence. It's, 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 it's God-controlled. You know, religion is, is you know, th this cheap, um, you know, just cheesy substitute for the real presence of God in relationship. The kingdom of heaven is, is the actual presence revealed through a childlike faith in Jesus. And when the kingdom of God comes in our lives, it, is, it comes by grace through faith. We trust the grace of God and we, we, just, we just love our, our dad back. And we are loved in relationship as his kids. Religion, you know, nobody I don't think starts off trying to be legalistic and religious. You know, um, trouble with liberalism is it... it it has no faith. The trouble with legalism um, is that it, that it has no grace. The kingdom of, of God uh, is where Jesus was, and the scripture tells us that Jesus came full of grace and truth. It's not one or the other. It's, this, it's all of both. <laughs> but religion feels good. Religion justifies us. Religion gives me a platform to climb up on and judge you. Religion allows me to, to know that I'm okay with God. I don't have to trust. I know because of what I do and who I am. But religion is dead. Religion is from hell. It doesn't always, again, it doesn't start that way. The Pharisees did not wake up in the morning and, and say, you know, I'm going to be fake today. 
And, and people who's, who, you know, when we are religious, when you and I are religious, we, we typically don't start out saying, you know what, I want to live my whole life as a counterfeit to God. And then when I stand before God, I can hear him say, I never knew you. Nothing you did was real. That's, that's my goal. Yay, fake. But religion, it somehow morphs into substituting appearances and control, uh, judgment and rules for, for the graceful presence of, of an invisible God. Religion, again, in religion, we're just concerned about how we look. Have any of y'all ever fallen on the ice? Anybody ever done that? When you fall on the ice, what's the first thing you do? There's the ouch. Hopefully no Baptist cuss words. Come on, don't, when you fall like that, when I fall like that, I tend to look around, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm serious. I, I could have broken my leg, you know? I could be bleeding, but I don't check for, for compound fractures. I don't check for loss of blood or anything. I'm just looking around to see, did anybody see that? <laughs> we are so concerned with appearances. And God wants us to think kingdom first and last and not to worry about religion and, and appearances, about being in control. Religion will always let you be in control of yourself and, and, and honestly about others. But control is always from hell. That's why demons possess and the Spirit of God inspires. That's the two different ways of, of relating to a human being. One is evil and the other is, is God. The kingdom is about humility. It's about a continual surrender to the surprise of God's grace. In, uh, in Luke chapter 18, uh, verse 9 through 14, Jesus confronts uh, religion and, and he contrasts what religion looks like and what the freshness of the kingdom of God looks like, what, what the, the unbrokenness of religion is and what the brokenness of, of kingdom life is. And, and, and he says in verse 9, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I thank you that I'm not a thief, a robber, an evildoer, or an adulterer, or even like this tax collector. Religion will always let you look down on somebody else. And let me just say, if you, if you give yourself any category to look down on somebody else, that's from hell. Whether it's racism, again, I, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on this until Jesus comes. If there is a they category in your life, you need to grow. Okay? Because they will always be less than us, always. And, and if your faith lets you look down on anybody, you know, because you got it. I'm Catholic. All the rest of you guys are lost. I'm Baptist. We're the true kingdom. You're religious. I thank you, God, that I'm not like this guy. I fast twice a week, even give a tenth of all I have. Ain't I grand? 
But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Do you hear the brokenness where, where there's real encounter with the presence of God? You cannot enter the presence of God and, and, and just act like you're all that. You cannot enter the presence of God and not be aware of your own sinfulness and the need for repentance. You cannot enter the presence of God without a holy sense of awe and the power of God that is infinite and also feel the draw of your soul and your life into the presence of God. It's very different. In religion, you can do all kinds of things. In the presence of God, you're stunned into a humble brokenness he wouldn't even look to heaven he beat his chest and said god have mercy on me because i'm a sinner i tell you this man rather than the other went home justified before god for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted guys religion makes you mean and it makes you judgmental it makes us mean and us judgmental it teaches you to live from a self-serving spirit and, and, and you learn it. You don't start off that way, but it will slowly transition you into living from a spirit of accusation. In fact, even calling other people religious and looking down on them, darn it, makes you religious. I hate that. You see, the reality is that, that Jesus came to bring a kingdom, not a religion. And you and I need to just reject being religious, reject acting religious, reject looking down on others, reject uh, making up rules and, and, and casting other people aside because they don't measure up. And, and in every generation, you know, there, there are certain sins that we think are the most, uh, you know, biggest sins and we'll identify those and then we'll judge people based on that. Everything's broken and everything's redeemed. Back in my day, you know, we went through periods of like cigarette smoking was the ultimate sin. Then divorce was the ultimate sin. Are those things sin? Yeah, I believe they are. I don't, you know, I, my dad died from smoking, so I don't, I don't think it's God's will for you. Um, you know, uh, homosexuality now is like the, the, the one sin that we feel justified looking down on people for. Do I believe that, that, that homosexuality is a sin? I do. But I don't believe that, that other people's sin is any different than my sin. It all needs to be redeemed. Everything's broken. Everything needs to be redeemed. And so for us as, as a bunch of religious people to, to look at other people instead of having compassion on, on other people, we, we judge them and don't seek relationship with them. Them? Wait a minute. There is no them. That's us being religious and it's us being dead and it's, it's not thinking kingdom. Come on, guys. <laughs> Here's what we should be saying. Come on in the kingdom. And when you get into the presence of God, he'll take care of all that stuff. Because you cannot be in the presence of God and be confident of your own righteousness. Amen? You come into the presence of God and, and God is going to deal. He is going to rearrange. And, and then the glory of his presence is big enough to, to heal everything, everything that's broken. Guys, the kingdom comes, um, and, and it comes when you and I experience the mercy and the grace of God and when we offer the mercy and grace of God to other people. 
And when you and I understand that religion will allow me to judge and to look down upon, but the kingdom of God will only see brokenness with compassion and will only allow me to invite others into grace, this grace that I do not deserve, like being rescued out of the ocean into a lifeboat. You do not then sit in the lifeboat so proud of the boat you built. Amen. You don't do that. You're just grateful for the rescue. And you know what? You're, you look at other people out in the water drowning and you say, come on in. And the amazing thing about the kingdom of God is that when you seek first the kingdom of God, it begins to change everything. It will change how you think, I promise. It will change your vision of your marriage. It will change your vision of your time on planet earth. It will change how you do your job. It will change your need for recognition. It will change your own satisfaction with your life. It will, it will completely give you the ability to see life from an eternal perspective and, and to live powered by the Holy Spirit. Guys, let's stop being religious. Let's think kingdom first and last in everything that we do. So, so here's the invitation. To begin a journey into the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. And to leave religion behind. But let me just warn you, it's not going to be a one-time deal because religion is going to sneak up and, 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 and going to sit next to you every single day owe you life. It just is going to be there. And you'll find yourself lapsing back into religion because, because the presence of God is, is something that we have to live continually in. It's not something that we can presume upon. So how do we recognize the kingdom? Well, the kingdom is going to look and feel like what Jesus actually did and actually said, okay? This is important, and it doesn't sound like much of a distinction, but please, please listen to me. What most of us focus on are what other people say, <laughs> you know, other teachers or other, you know, this guy or this Bible study, and I'm not, I'm not anti-education. You guys, are we clear? I spent 13 years on it. I'm not anti-education, but what I'm saying is, seek first the kingdom, means we go first and pay attention to what Jesus actually said and what Jesus actually did. And, and if something doesn't feel like what Jesus said or did or would say or would do, then it may not be the kingdom. And so we got to depend upon those things, not the theological systems, the theories, the denominations, the structures that we religious people build over His name. Because all these things we build over His name end up obstructing us obstructing Jesus rather than revealing Him. I'm not saying denominations are bad. They're kind of like families with different emphasis. But what I'm saying is, is that when I'm just concerned about my brand, I'm not seeking kingdom first. The followers of Jesus Christ should not be divided in this sense. They should all be focused on the kingdom, thinking kingdom first and last, and fellowshipping with everybody who is kingdom. That's our call. That's our privilege. And, but when we make all these systems, I'm a Calvinist, I can't fellowship with you. What, what? Wait till you get to heaven, see how that's going to work, you know? What a, what a crock, you know? That's just silly. God is, Jesus was not an Armenian, Jesus was not a Calvinist, Jesus was not an ist of any kind. He was Jesus. So, 
So the first thing I want you to do is just look back to Jesus. That's how you're going to find the kingdom of God. And I mean seriously. I mean take this seriously. Don't be religious. Be their first person. Use your own eyes. Use your own imagination. Walk where he walked. Listen to what he said. Come on, guys. I mean just, just do the work, even spiritually or imagination-wise, intellectually. Just go back and be there. And then let Jesus be here. Use the imagination to see Jesus solving the problems of your marriage, leading you through your children, uh, dealing with your difficult boss. Jesus is there. That's why he says, follow me. Second way we're going to recognize the kingdom is to, to understand what we're looking for. The kingdom is going to be mysterious. It's going to be surprising. It's going to be veiled. And sometimes it's going to look small. It, it really will. But that's because the kingdom of heaven is not like the kingdom of earth. I mean, look at the whole life of Jesus. When did anything Jesus ever do uh, fall under the category of predictable? Nothing. I mean, God's going to save the world through a baby? Come on. Jesus is going to start his ministry at 30 instead of 18 or 15? Come on. Jesus, I mean, everything Jesus did, he never did the same thing twice. Jesus was just the kingdom of God come as a fresh wind of, of the breath of, of heaven. John 3.8 says, The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So how do, you, how do you think kingdom? You embrace mystery and surprise in your life. And, and you learn to, to see behind what's veiled and to understand that in the small, there is something eternally large. Jesus said, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. It does not go unnoticed. Your Father in heaven sees what is done in secret. Thirdly, the kingdom of God is going to radiate the presence of God. Religion is going to have all the appearances. A.W. Tozer said, nothing so deadens the spirit as the handling of the outside of holy things. Religion will always be the outside of holy things. The kingdom will be the presence of God. And it will be the presence of God revealed through the spirit of Jesus. So look for the presence of God through the spirit of Jesus. If, if everything in the kingdom will, will, will have these elements in them. Galatians 5, and 23. For the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. When, when the kingdom is coming in a conversation uh, at home, this is what it will look like. When your life is filled with the kingdom, it will be love. It will be love-filled. It will have joy. There'll be peace. There'll be patience with other broken people, you know, even those who are driving in front of you. Guys, let's reject being religious from this day forward. Could we, could we just agree to do that? I, I don't know how much time I've got left on planet Earth. I don't know how much time you've got. But whatever time we've got, man, let's make this a fantastic run. Amen? Amen. And let's, let's do this thing in a way that we stand before Jesus and he looks at you and, and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Some of you here today are in eternal danger of being religious because you know a bunch of God stuff but you've never given your life to Jesus. Let me be straight with you. If you die today, you're going to spend eternity apart from Jesus in a place of regret. 
You have to give your life and choose to trade the kingdom of this world for the kingdom of, of heaven. Guys, let's, let's forget being religious and let's think kingdom. Now about the paper that you have. What do I want you to do with that? I want you to write some things. It's not big enough for a dissertation or anything. I get that. <laughs> but I want you to write some things on there. And, and I want us today to make a bold move away from religion, rejecting religion as an alternative for us and for the rest of your life. Did you notice Jesus said you have to seek the kingdom? Pastor Drew, what, what's the kingdom look like in my life? I don't know. Get out and find it. Seek it. God will reveal it to you. I'm serious. This is a great, wonderful adventure that we're called on to. The kingdom will come if you will seek it. So, so let's commit ourselves to, to rejecting being religious. And, and let's be a, a community of kingdom seekers. So what I want you to do with this piece of paper is I want you to write down on there every religious wound that you've ever suffered and ask you to give that over to be, to be taken care of by the grace of God. If you've been wounded by a church, by a, a person, some Christian, some, just give up the religious woundedness. And, and I want you to write it down there. Maybe it's a name, maybe it's an event, maybe it's a date, I don't know. But whatever has stolen your joy and kept you from using your gifts to advance the, the body of Christ as, as the, you know, the, the coming of the kingdom, let it go today. And for some of the rest of you, it may not be religious wounding, but there may be religiosity in your own life that you need to give up today, something you've been holding on to, something you've been controlling, something that's been keeping you back, you need to give up that, that, that religiousness, the, the concern for appearances, um, you know, whatever it is, write it down on that paper and I'm going to ask you in just a moment to, to come forward and to place it on one of these clips. Now listen carefully. Some of you are writing. I didn't say you could write yet. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm serious. Well, this is very important. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to come up and place it on a clip, not anywhere on there. I want you to place them starting here and, and, and making sure that they touch. So start from the inside. It'll take just a few minutes, but make sure that you, you put yours next to. We're community. We're together. Put yours next to the person's next to yours, all right? So I'm going to pray, and we're going to give you a couple minutes to write, and, and then we're going to give up religion, and we're going to move on into a new day beyond this day as the church has ever run, seeking the kingdom that God is, is eager to give. Amen? Amen? So Father God, thank you for freedom from religion, freedom from appearances, freedom from the deadness of life outside of your presence. Thank you for the gift of the kingdom that we do not earn or deserve, but that you invite us into by a passionate, unstoppable love. God, we today surrender our religion and ask today that you would lead us into a new day of trust and grace and seeking, thinking kingdom first and last. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.